your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. Well, you want to just tell a little bit about yourself and also, you know, you know, maybe a story of inspiration of an obstacle that you overcame or a time where, you know, you went through something challenging or difficult and kind of pivoted and had a major life lesson. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Marisol Medina. I'm a business marketing strategist for women in the beauty industry, more specifically the permanent makeup industry. I wound up doing this uh, because life. <laughs> uh, like I, I am actually a journalist and that's what I was doing when I moved to Canada and I couldn't work for a while. So I decided to make a blog about a trending topic that could potentially earn some income through affiliate marketing and paid advertising and all that. So um, I reached out to my mom because I realized that the word microblading was trending. So I reached out to her. She's a permanent makeup artist and she's been doing it for 31 years or 30 years. And I started writing this blog and soon I started creating content about, well, how do you make a Facebook page? Just really simple tutorials on how to get started with a Facebook page or an Instagram page. And quickly after that, people started asking me questions like, Hey, you know, I started doing this, but I got stuck. And can you explain this a little bit more? Can you, can I just pay you? Can, can like, you know, people start coming to you. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll explain. And that's how I ended up helping these amazing humans that have become my inspiration now that even more so that I'm a mother because most of all my clients are moms and you know they're they're trying to have a business that is sustainable where they can spend more time with their families not have to put their kids in daycare so much so that is the dream and I thoroughly understand that now that I myself uh, became a mother a year ago I love doing this and I and I have so many women reach a point in their business where they understand and digital marketing, very much like what you do, April. It's not shrouded in mystery, and it seems like something only techie people can do. All of these things are possible, and you can get to a place where you can make money, be your own boss, and have have it be on your own terms. An obstacle that I encountered, I don't do permanent makeup myself. So I am a coach. I love everything that has to do with marketing and digital strategies. And so I geek out over Facebook ads and all that stuff. That's what I like. And that is my business. And so one of the obstacles that I faced early on when I got started in 2017 was that I actually got divorced. And I mean, it was a quick marriage anyways. We only had been together for like a year. Uh, but it still kind of shook the ground that I stood on because yeah. I had stability. You know, I was in Canada, I was building up my business and I was very dedicated. I, I had an office in our condo 
anyone that's been through a divorce or separation knows it's like you were standing on a rug and they just pulled it from beneath you. You know, you have to figure out what you're going to do or where you're going to go. But thankfully, you know, that and being my own boss, it made things very difficult because if you don't want to work that day, you don't work, but you also don't make money, you know? So that's where it gets really hard and you have to find dedication and consistency to keep it going. I recovered. I found my better half, who was actually my first boyfriend. And we like backpacked together through South America. We ended up getting reconnected 10 years later. We're now together and we have a beautiful baby boy. And so it all worked out. (laughs) It's like it was meant to be. It's funny. It's like, it's so hard because you don't see the blessing like, you know, in the moment, of course, like you don't, you never want to go through the pain, but there's always, or it's hard to find sometimes that rainbow after the storm, but there is like, you know, I can think also of so many times in my life and I'm sure the viewers can think of times in their life where you go through something and you're like, wow, thank goodness it like went that way. Right. Good, right. Good. Like right before it happens or like when you're in the midst of it, you're like, yeah. why? And then, yeah. then it's just, the blessing in disguise, really. And to add to that, I feel like I'm also in kind of a crossroads right now, or I'm facing a challenge right now, a challenging situation in that I am learning to balance doing my business and then also doing another business that I have with my partner while also being uh, being a mom that stays at home, but also works. <laughs> yes. You know, and then juggling all of that has been a huge adaptation in April. It's like, it took me almost a year, you know, my kid's a year old and it took me like a year to like, just come to terms that he's not going to go to daycare now with the whole COVID thing happening. Right. And just to learn to be productive with the time that I have. So that has been quite an adjustment. Yeah. I can totally relate to that because when I had the girls, I had twins and then, you know, I thought I struggled so long to have them. I didn't want them to go to daycare either. So I was like, I got to work my schedule where I'm going to be able to be with them, you know, most of the time, the majority of the time. And then, you know, always a balancing act. It's always a juggling act. That's why I was doing this. I was thinking, yeah. And it's funny because I was thinking about a moment ago, there's that, there's a country song because, you know, I grew up in Texas. And so there's a song that by Garth Brooks and it says, you know, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. And it's so true, right? Because, you know, you can't see what is around the corner when you're going through it. But, but yeah, you just, you adapt, right? You learn. It's definitely a balancing act for sure. Yeah, definitely. And even with my kids now, because we're homeschooling. Yeah, Everyone is facing a balancing act in 2020 for sure. So what challenges do you see beauty professionals facing or like industry norms that maybe need to be shifted or changed for us to adapt going forward? It's a really good question, April. I think there are two major issues and one has to do with digital marketing and visibility. The other one just has to do with regulations. And so I'll start with the first one. Anyone that comes into this industry quickly finds out that um, there's a bit of a mess when it comes to regulations. There, it's very difficult to find information on your specific county. Like, out of all the people that visit my website in a month, the number one question I get asked is like, "I'm in X state. Like, what do I do? Like, I have no clue." 
it's kind of hard to navigate that at first for anyone that's just getting started. You probably need an establishment license as well as your practitioner license. And permanent makeup tends to fall under body art, so you probably need to get something like that. So navigating that is a bit of a, an initial hurdle. But once that gets done, you know, there's nothing that you cannot solve by calling someone on the phone. And by that, I mean, call the health department, be incessant, and somebody will pick up the phone, a real human, hopefully, and answer all of your questions and point you in the right direction. That's one thing. The other one is digital marketing and how the space of digital marketing is constantly changing. And for anyone that is trying to advertise their business or post on social media thinking that they're doing something positive for their business and they're trying to like, well, I'm going to tackle this one and this one and this one. And it just gets so overwhelming. It's so quickly changing that I feel like that is one of the bigger challenges for anyone in this space because most women who start out on this, and I'm going to say women because 99% of them are women, they're juggling children, a husband, life, house chores, work. And in addition to that, they have to find the time to create content and post on social media and figure out Facebook ads and figure out how to get a Google ads. And it can be quite challenging for anyone that's getting started in this industry. But if you make it, the payoffs are amazing. Yeah, it's so true because the minute you feel like you've figured out Facebook or, you know, the infamous algorithm and, and or, you know, even IG, Instagram, you know, just all of that, it's like constantly changing. Like, I mean, I've heard, I don't know why, maybe it's just in my area or so, but I keep on hearing about more and more people getting their accounts shut down or glitches or, you know, just all kinds of craziness. It's like, you really do have to kind of stay on your toes and kind of um, keep on top of it. Right. Yeah. And like my advice for anyone who feels like, Oh my God, posting on having this added pressure of posting on social media every day is just too much. I would say, and this is probably going to like rustle a few feathers. I would say, just don't do it. Like if, Social media is turning to be too much of a burden for you. Don't do it and focus your energy instead on Google ads or Facebook ads, something that is going to give you return on investment and it's going to bring in clients without such overwhelm, especially if you don't like creating content, you know, because content creators right now are like the most in demand thing across the web, you know, like creating content. It's so easy and everybody's doing it and everybody loves it. So if you like creating content for your business and you like being on TikTok and Instagram and all this, by all means, have fun. But if it's going to be a burden, don't do it. I think your business, April, you run Enhanced Beauty in New York and you guys, you're not posting on Instagram all the time, right? No, we were like, I was for a while. And then I, I just decided what's got to give. And even on this, you know, business page, I'm now looking at, okay, moving forward, instead of just feeling like you have to constantly be there, maybe just creating quality content that is going to reach more people than just having a post just to have a post. So, yes. or one of the health gurus that I follow, her name is Andrea Beeman. She's amazing. I have her on Facebook. And so I've selected, I've told Facebook that I want to see her content first, like when I come in and oh, by the way, do that for April, go to April's page, go to my Facebook page, Marisol Medina, and click on follow and see first, first that yes. way, you're never going to miss anything. 
But I had to ask her because every day when I log on to Facebook, I see something new and I'm like, Jesus, this woman is prolific. Like, how is she doing this? And so I've discovered, I asked her and she said, look, I have been in this business like 20 years. And so I've written a plethora of content and it's all on my website, but I hired someone to just make little Facebook posts every single day, pushing the content that I've already published on my website. And they take care of it. It's scheduled like months on out. And then every now and then I just go in and I write a new blog post because I love writing and it's all taken care of. Like you hire a virtual assistant and they just reutilize the content that you've already created, which is also something anyone should do, you know, repurposing content. Yeah. Well, you know, you can always repurpose. I always think of what is the princess Kate Middleton and you know how like, I mean, it was such a big thing that she wore an outfit twice because this idea that, you know, nobody wears an outfit twice or, you know, to a speaking engagement here. And then she's photographed over here. And it's like, yes, people, we can, if you, this is the princess of the UK. Like we could definitely wear, and she can recycle and repurpose her outfits. We can repurpose our content for sure. Yeah. The queen of Norway has been seen wearing the same outfit like three, four times. Oh, I love um, it. She changes a few things around, but it's always the same outfit anyway. Yeah, yeah. Repurpose, people. Repurpose. Okay. So then, yeah, so we talked about some industry norms that kind of need to be changed. What trends do you see happening in our industry or like any future predictions? Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I have been debating with this for a while. And I asked the question and it kind of rustled a few feathers too. There's someone on Instagram. She is adamant. Like she hates microblading and she says it everywhere and she has it on her bio and she like, she's super, super against it. And she has a bunch of arguments about like why it just does not work. And it's really radical in this industry, you know, for someone to be that against microblading. I think microblading might phase out a little bit. I feel like it was an initial boom that kind of put permanent cosmetics on the map and it stopped being like this weird thing. When I was a kid, April, I was embarrassed to tell people like what my mom did because it was so weird. And whenever, you know, I'm Colombian and whenever we had like American people over or like she had American clients or there were American people nearby, like I'd have to explain because they wouldn't know. And that's why I'm making the distinction. Like Hispanics and Russians and Vietnamese, like all these people, they know what it was because they've, they've known it for decades. But for the Americans, it was new. And so like, I'd have to explain. And I was always like, oh, yeah. Oh, does she tattoo eyebrows? Is it like a tattoo? Yes. Like, oh, yes. oh, yeah, it's like a tattoo. <laughs> you know, I, would just, I was so embarrassed, but now I'm so proud. I'm so proud of her and everything that she's been able to accomplish because of because she chose her career as from cosmetics. She was able to completely change her life and her family's and mine as well because she's had success with it. And so the trend that I foresee is microblading was enough to kind of get permanent cosmetics on people's tongues and realize what it was about. But then the average consumer is getting microblading once, maybe twice. And then they're like, well, this isn't lasting. I want a longer lasting solution. What do you have that lasts a bit longer? And then that's when they're learning about machine brows and all these other things. And ombre brows, a huge trend. Uh, It's totally, maybe it's phasing out now a little bit. I feel like people are also learning a lot about like the brow lamination and tinting and everything. And so that 
could possibly be something that people are going to look for a little bit more. But I feel like they're all tripwires, you know, because eventually you could get someone into your chair to do brow lamination. She might not be interested in getting permanent cosmetics just yet, but she is going to be eventually because it's a, it's a hard temptation to resist. So those are the few trends that I see happening. Yeah. And it's interesting because I remember in like 2014 when there was like the buzz coming around and it's probably even before that, but I just remember that people, me hearing about it in like 2014, people talking about microblading. And I was like, what in the world, what is this? You know? And the reason that it created such a buzz is because it was new. It was different. It kind of broke the mold. Right. And so the the public was like, oh yeah, this is what I want. Right. And there was, and then the artists were studying it and there was a demand. And so it had this big spike. And then, I mean, even if you look on Google AdWords, I know it's declined. It had a, it was going for a while, right? <laughs> yeah, or Google Trends is a good place to look. Yeah, yeah Google Trends. Yeah, like it, like it just like after during the quarantine, you see work from home like shot up like this like a hockey hockey stick, right? It was like you know it had that major spike after when quarantine started. So if these words have trends and people search them and they become popular, and I I agree with you. I think people will continue to do it, but I feel like the word might settle down a little bit and it might, and who knows, ombre might be the next thing or, but really it's, you know, no matter what you do, you don't have to jump on the next trend. I don't want anybody to see this and say that we're promoting the next trend. Just know that, you know, good skills and just like, I love that example that you gave because it doesn't matter where, what you do, as long as you take a stance for something and say, you know, that artist that you mentioned, whoever she is, she's taking a stand and saying, this is, is," and and she'll draw people to her, right? Right, because she's controversial. Yeah. Right. And the people that were like, oh, yes, like I know a girlfriend who, or I know a friend or a family member or something that had that and it didn't work. So everybody can say pros and cons, right? It's not to say it works or doesn't work. I'm not getting in on that debate. I'm just saying right. that anybody that's in her camp or that follows her is going to to be her you know, community of people that she wants to attract. So that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to be like, oh, wow, she's telling me something all the other people aren't saying. So maybe she's right. So who knows? Yeah. So what are like for the new beauty professionals that might be catching this and saying like, you know, I'm struggling to really get my business going. Any advice that you would have for them? Oh, yeah. Invest in coaching. Like that is my best advice. It helps so much to have someone on your, on the side of your, uh, on your bench and helping you, you know, listening to you, calling you, asking you how this and this and that are going and keeping track of your progress and telling you, giving you ideas, uh, educating you. So anyone in any profession, you know, if you want to be a journalist, you have to spend five years or four years going to college. And I did like, maybe I did a full year, year and a half of internships. And that's all education, you know, so that is equivalent in this profession to getting coaching, because not only do you have to learn the skill, and make sure that that's, that's perfect. You also have to learn how to run your own business and that they are not teaching you guys at the schools. And even if they do, it's not going to be enough. So Mm -hmm. Invest in coaching, invest in having someone on your side who cares about your development as a business owner and your development as a person, your personal growth, and just establish that connection too, because 
establishing a connection with a coach, it's something so personal. Even years after I've been coaching someone, I might come up with a new opportunity or something. And I think about this person. And so I reached out to them and they're so delighted to be a part of it. It's always great to have like those bridges with these kinds of people that are going to help you. Yeah. And I think definitely more so for our industry, there's this idea of like almost that you have to kind of struggle alone, right? Or, I mean, we have groups, we have the Facebook groups and there's, you know, different things like that, but you know, you're, there's so many questions that you have. You question so many things when you're starting a business and wondering what's the right decision. And then, you know, and also, you know, you can't, sometimes if you post a question in a group, you might get a bunch of answers that confuse you and that might work for somebody else's market, but it might not work for your market. So having somebody that kind of really knows your unique situation that can guide you is totally different. So that's a great point. Any advice you would have for those that have been going for a while that are now facing this, you know, the new normal? I always say this idea that everything's going to go back to the way it was is kind of crazy because nothing ever does. Like the only thing that's constant is change. So, you know, things, certain things will go back, but there's going to be, you know, new standards moving forward and new changes. So any advice that you'd have for them? I think there's always two ways you can look at things, right? Like you can look at something and be absolutely somber about it, or you could look at something and think about the positive things that can happen from it. So we've been in quarantine basically now for like six months. How many people have spent so much time online that they suddenly discovered microblading or suddenly discovered that there's this whole realm of permanent cosmetics that they didn't know about and are now interested in getting it? or becoming a part of it as an artist. So there's always opportunity in change, right? So what would I say? I would say invest in advertising. I think that that's a good thing to do. Anyone that's starting a business, investing in advertising is definitely going to help your business forward, especially now. So many people are looking online and they're starting TikTok. I'm like, I mean, I'm not big on it right now. Oh. I'm like five <laughs> <laughs> no, but you like but it a lot. Yeah. I posted a video that has nothing to do with permanent makeup, but I posted a video and it like, it went a little bit viral, like 20,000 views. It was kind of big deal for me. I'm super into it. And I, I love it. It, it. Like I love scrolling through it and I'm having fun. TikTok is now the most downloaded app in the world. And before the pandemic hit, it was basically only for teenagers. And then their parents started, you know, we started spending more time at home. Parents were like, hey, what's that app? Oh, what's this little dance? Let me dance with you. And suddenly it's full of people my age and people over 50. And there's even grandmas that are now on TikTok. Yes, I've um, seen that. So opportunity is exciting. Change is exciting. We can look at it through a negativity lens or look at it through a hopeful eyes and see that there's always something new that you can do to adapt. I feel like many people in this space are kind of hesitant to advertise. And I feel like advertising is like the number one thing you could do for your business to get it going. Why do you think they're hesitant to advertise? Because so many people on Facebook groups and everything, like they say like, oh, I tried Facebook ads and it didn't work for me. I just lost my money. But then I am seeing real life examples of people who are running Facebook ads and scaling their businesses, not just from makeup businesses to six figures and beyond. You know, not everyone is going to click, but if let's say in a month, if you spend $300 and three people click, 
and you get them to come in, you're already making back a return on investment. And that's all you need, really. Really, you only need to break even, but you know, you, you want to get a return on investment. And I think that, you know, TikTok is offering $300 to anyone, businesses in uh, Florida who want to advertise. And I think that this is all across the United States, but they're targeting it to me because I'm in Florida. $300 bonus. Google gives you $150 ad bonus when you want to advertise there. Facebook doesn't, but the Facebook ad costs have been going down as a lot of advertisers have pulled out through the pandemic. So YouTube, why not explore YouTube ads, you know, and have fun with it, you know? So that's the quest that I'm currently on. Like I'm trying to figure out advertising as a whole. I own a magazine, a local distribution magazine with my husband here in Florida. And so of course, that's why I'm so passionate about advertising. Yeah. And I would say just to add to that, like for anybody that's going, okay, if TikTok is not your thing, you don't have to pick TikTok. It is your thing. Go for that. Right. And find that sweet spot that is you. And then really just dig into all the, you know, questions about your business to get your messaging on point so that it would convert. Because here's what I would say, just to add to what Marisol just said is that any of these platforms can work, right? Like you can have great success on Pinterest. You could have great success on LinkedIn. You can have great success on so many different platforms, but first and foremost, you have to have your, your marketing message really dialed in and tuned in so that you know, it converts and that it lands because you could try all of these and nothing could work. And you're like, Oh, nothing's working. And then you blame the platform or like, you know, the vehicle, like, Oh, it's Facebook ads. And it's not necessarily that it's just that the messaging didn't convert, right? Right. People, right message, right time. So getting all of those tuned in. So yeah, I love all this advice. And then the last thing I would just say is if you had somebody and they were sitting in front of you and they were like, you know, obviously everybody has a unique path. They were like, what are your three pieces of advice? Or if you just want to give one piece of advice, what advice would you give them? To get the business running and all that. Or growing, just growth and scale. They don't have to be new. They don't have to be, you know, going just like, what are your favorite, you know, words of wisdom that always ring true for you? You know how like Oprah does this, I know for sure, her her back in her magazine for sure. Or give us your wisdom. (laughs) No, no pressure there, right? I have three that I just came up with. You can just do one if you want. It's up to you. Number one would be to make sure that your customer or client experience is absolutely flawless from beginning to end. And that includes making sure that the service that you are providing is perfect and that you are doing absolutely the best that you can do because that is the bread and butter of your business. You know, people are going to come to get that procedure from you. So you need to make sure that everything is impeccable, that everything looks as good as it is, that you don't cut corners because something is cheaper. So it's like X pigment is cheaper than that one, but you find the other one is better. Invest in that one. There's going to be a return. You have to make sure that quality control remains consistent because it's like If you have a restaurant, it's been running for 50 years, all of a sudden they cut corners and they buy cheaper rice, people notice, you know, and they start running the word that something's happening, something's changing. So always, always make sure that quality control is on point. That would be number one. I love that. that, I had a pizza place that changed the recipe and I knew they changed the recipe. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And 
this is, I, I mentioned the restaurant because it's a real life, yeah. uh, it's a real life example from family members. So I know it. Number two, number two would be to not be afraid to, I guess, connect and network with other people in your space. It tends to happen and it keeps you redundant. Like if you, all of a sudden you learn something and you, this is what you learned and you're not going to take any more coaching or training. You're not going to be networking with other people in your arena. It just makes you redundant very quickly because you will age and your knowledge will quickly age because you're not keeping up the trends because people aren't seeing you. So also don't be afraid to be visible and outspoken. People real people sometimes don't realize that they've spent, you know, a long time cultivating a skill and that so many people would be willing to pay them to just tell them how it worked. So that would be number two. And number three, basically when you're a business owner, you have to wear so many hats, especially when you have a brick and mortar location and you are the sole owner. So you're like the solo partner. I have seen that my clients get the biggest transformations happen uh, when they start delegating things in their business. When they stop thinking that they can do it all and they can start outsourcing X task that is taking too long, they give it to someone else. When they hire an accountant to take care of the books, when they hire a social media manager, um, that is all possible. You know, you can do this. It might be a bit of an investment at first, but you can hire someone over Upwork or Fiverr. We were talking about this before we went live um, for not that much. And it really will make a big difference in your business. And it will allow you to soon scale up because you will be focusing only on the one thing that you know best, and that is client satisfaction. So those are my three things. I love it. You're so great. I just put you on the spot with all this stuff. And that's what I love that it's just natural and it's just from the heart and it's so good. So tell people where they can find you and all the Instagrams and the handles and all of that good stuff. Awesome. So you can find me at my website is microbladinghub.com. And you've probably, if you ever Googled anything relating to microblading business, you probably wound up at my website anyways, but good um, SEO. Yeah, but because I created a lot of content. See that? Yeah. Um, and so you can find me there, but all my handles are Marisol Medina Coach. You can find me on Instagram with Marisol Medina Coach and on Facebook, Marisol Medina. Well, thank you so much for your time. If you have any questions, you can tag Marisol or myself. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much for taking the time and sharing the wisdom, the tips. I think, you know, Definitely, we always want to support each other. We always want to find new ways of kind of think just like what I said at the beginning, like stepping outside of our box, you know, our comfort zone, so to speak, and challenging ourselves. And you gave us a lot of great ideas of ways that we can, you know, even challenge ourselves. I did, I will tell you, I did maybe three TikTok videos, but I'm not so good at it. I did it with my daughter. Oh, oh, I want to follow you. I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what my handle is. And then I got like freaked out with all the stuff that they were saying. So I took the app off my phone. Um, I deleted it too. And then I, I went back to it. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter loves it. So, so I did some things with her. Um, but, but yeah, but I have too many things going on. So it's just like, I got to focus on this, but um, but I love that, you know, again, like I was saying before, you just opened our mind up to think of some things. So, you know, 
I think the most important thing with all of this, like with your business and everything, yes, it can be so stressful to try to get this and try to get that and trying to get clients and you have to pay rent and I get you. Um, but, and I'm not going to say that all of it has to be fun, but if you at least in your day have one moment when you feel like, oh, I'm in my element, this is fun. I'm doing what I'm, I'm doing what I like. If you have that, then you're onto something. Keep doing it and go crazy with it as long as it's fun. That's it. <laughs> yes. Fight through the boring moments. You'll get through those and then tap into the inspiration, the thing that you love. Yes. The thing that you find fun, spark the joy. I love that. Hey, that's a good phrase. Spark the joy. Spark the joy. That's a great hashtag. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell we're just like marketing nerds that we just love this. We're like, that's a great hashtag. That is a great hashtag. I like it. (laughs) It is. That's so fun. Um, I have a uh, mask that says kindness is contagious. I like spark the joy. That's going to be my new thing. And I'm going to credit it to you. I'm going to tag everything the joy. (laughs) Yeah. I have a big thing about joy in my life. There's a whole, I see the word joy in places. I did an Instagram story the other day. I saw the word, I was jogging and then saw the word joy. Now it was Joyce to be fair. It was Joyce. It was a realtor sign, but I, there's different things. I saw the word joy on a license plate. I see joy in a lot of places. I feel like it's like God reminding me there's joy all around. And I have- you're so fine tuning, like that you're so aware of everything that you're experiencing in the moment. You can see those little glimpses of things that many people would just overlook. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great quality. It's like, it's, it's one of those fun things. Like it's, it's like if you, my parents go for um, like walks around the block together and their thing is they like to find, you know, coins on the ground. And so every time they like to find, like it might just be one penny, <laughs> but they love, like, it just reminds them of the abundance in the world. Right. And so that's their fun thing that they like to do. I mean, obviously they have other hobbies. <laughs> Sounds like get a life, but no, they, but it's just one of those things that like, you know, when you look for joy or when you, it, you'll find more of it, right? You know, it kind of goes back to finding the fun that you were speaking of, right? I think the other thing is also trying to change your focus. You know, I, I watched a YouTube video back in the day when I was in a bit of a slump and it was this guy saying like, you know, everyone has this huge power in their minds and they don't realize it. And the power is, you can choose to interpret things that happen to you in a positive light or in a negative light. That's right. And you can experience that throughout the day. You know, like, as I was telling you, I feel like in a bit of a challenging moment right now, as I juggle motherhood and work and my two businesses and everything. And at the beginning, when I had my son at the beginning, I was like, ah, he wouldn't drive me crazy. But it was just like, at times I felt so frustrated. Like I had to do, I had to make dinner and and he was there and he was crying and like, (laughs) ah, And I think any mom can relate, you know, now when that happens and when I feel like I'm starting to kind of lose my tranquility or lose my, my positive focus, I try to just put everything down for a second and I hug him and I just love him. And I'm like, ah, this moment is going to go away. It's not going to last forever. You're not going to be little forever. So I'm just going to enjoy you and everything else. It doesn't matter. So prioritize and just try to understand like when you're feeling like you're losing it, like you're feeling like you're about to burst, take a second, take a breather. That definitely works. And it it makes your life better. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I found myself like 
earlier this year saying, oh, I have to, I have to. And then I started saying, I get to, like, I get to make dinner, right? Like I get to, you know, follow up with my clients. I get to, even if it's something negative where you're just like, oh, you know, I get to shut down my business. That doesn't seem right. But you get to have an opportunity for something else, right? Because, in, and you you got to have a business, right? Like there's so many ways, we just have so many blessings, you know, that we overlook. So when I find myself, I try to catch myself. I like, like snap. I used to have a rubber band and I would pop myself and say like, oh. and so I, when I catch myself saying something negative, I'd snap it and say, no, I get to do this. That's good. You're conditioning, you know, the. Yeah, I was like the Pavlov's dog or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Marisol, thank you so much for being here today. Bye guys. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about and also definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, hugs and high fives. See you next week.